Well, I can fairly say this is the best Canadas Pinball podcast I've done in 2020 because it's the first one we're doing in 2020. And we're going to start off the new year with a bang because I'm going to give you news. I'm going to give you rumors. I'm going to give you everything I'm hearing is on sort of like on the kitchen table. Is that even like a phrase at, at pinball manufacturers? Twippy season has begun. So we're going to talk about the Twippy voting that opened up yesterday. I'm going to give you some of my votes, not all of my votes. I'm going to explain why I think uh, Canada's Pinball Podcast does deserve Best Pinball Podcast of the Year, and I hope I get your vote. I know you love this show. I know you tune in weekly, um, and I'm going to give you the reasons why I think we deserve Best Pinball Podcast. Um, and what else? And then I'm going to do a challenge. Canada is going to challenge Stern Pinball to do something within a week, and if they do it, it's going to be a very beneficial thing that will happen in the world that I think they should do, because I just think it's the right thing to do. Both of the things that will happen if Stern accepts the Canada Challenge, uh, two good things will happen in the world. How's that sound? We'll wait to the end of the show to do the Canada Challenge, all right? Let's start off this show. Rumors and news. Okay, here, here's, here's a huge rumor for you guys that I'm hearing. And this is a good one. I think this is going to excite a lot of people. All right, the number one rumor I'm hearing in 2020 is that Guns N' Roses pinball machine is done. It's finished. It's been done now. for Take, take this. This is the biggest part. It's been done for two months Jersey Jack Pinball has the game sitting in a room. It's been finished for two months and they're working on, they're just, you know, polishing the code and getting the code as far along as they can uh, by the time they reveal the game. But the game is done and sitting in a room at JJP. And the reason why they're waiting is pretty obvious. They want to sell as many Willy Wonkas as they can uh, throughout 2019. And I think that's a smart move to do. I do. I think, you know, Jack got collector's editions out late to people. So it's totally smart move for him to have uh, you know Guns N' Roses wait a little bit. But the fact that it's done right now begs the question, when does he show it? You know, when does he let the cat out of the bag? Have have Willy Wonka sales started to dry up? I mean, at this point, if you've wanted a Willy Wonka, don't you have one by now because distributors are sitting on LEs, collectors edition guys are getting their games. After that point, Willy Wonka will enter into the secondhand market for a lot of pinball people, right? You'll just wait to get one secondhand and you'll, you'll save yourself some bucks. Uh, so Guns N' Roses, are they going to wait all the way to March, like January, February, March? Not that long, three months, but they might want to get ahead of the show this year because it seems like there's going to be a lot of games revealed at TPF. You know, you're going to have, you're going to have a, I think Hot Wheels is going to be revealed. You're going to have Alien Pinball, I'm hearing, is coming back for TPF. You're going to have Deep Root is going to do their entire thing a week, the week of TPF. You know, what else is going to be at TPF? And and so jumping in into a crowded place, and then Ninja Turtles will also probably be revealed uh, by TPF as well. So you see what I'm saying? It's like there's a lot of games Everyone's sort of circling around TPF as the moment in which you have to release your game. And I think that's not correct. And I think Guns N' Roses, you know, I still hear people sort of questioning the popularity of Guns N' Roses. And I hear people being like, this is going to be a miss for Jack. And this is, I think people are just, they continue to not understand the popularity and evergreen relevance 
of Guns N' Roses music. Turn on an NFL football game. You hear Welcome to the Jungle all the time. You'll hear Paradise City, Sweet Child of Mine. I mean, Appetite for Destruction alone has enough material to make this pin amazing. And then you throw in Use Your Illusion 1 and 2. They are not going to stupidly put a ton of Chinese democracy songs in the game. But here's what I would love. You know, I was thinking about, like, how could you make this music pin a little different and do some cool things and some cool modes? Now, here's something I would love to see in this game. And, and no music game I've ever seen has done this. I would love there to be a mode in which you progressively build the song and add the layers of each member to that song in, in real time. So let me give you an example. So imagine you start Sweet Child of Mine or, or let's say you start uh, Paradise City mode and you start off with the drummer like doomch, 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 right? And then you add in, you have to add in Axel with this like, take me down, right? And then you add in like Slash's guitar, then you add in the bass line. But the song is playing with just that one element to begin the, the, you know, the track. And then you're adding in the layers and the goal is to get all the band members playing uh, within a certain amount of time. So you have like a minute and a half to, to get all the Guns N' Roses members to play Sweet Child of Mine collectively. I thought that, that would just sound so cool. And maybe, you know, and maybe like the, the, the elements get added as you hit them or you, you collect them. So you could start off with just Axel's voice. You could start off with just the basis. All right. So I don't know. I thought that would be really cool. Uh, but what do I know about <laughs> creative ideas and pinball machines? I'm not a coder. All right. So that is happening. Guns N' Roses is done. I think we could see it any moment in 2020 from Jersey Jack Pinball. The, the thing is, they also know that they need to reveal this game when they can ship it quickly. You know, two months is even going to be a long wait with all the stuff happening in March. And, and look, Stern Pinball. Stern Pinball has just set the gold standard. You release a game, you announce a game, and you ship a game on the same date. If you Don't tell me that that wasn't an F you to everyone else who makes people wait months to get the games after reveal. I mean, Stern Pinball just showed Jersey Jack like who the king in pinball is. Like if that wasn't a move of we're the best, I don't know what is. Now, albeit they shipped an unfinished game. So I think it was a little bit of, of a victory lap that they didn't really deserve because the game's not done. Like it's so stupid. Hey, we just shipped everybody a game and it's not even done and we won't even show you half of the versions of the game, but hey, we're the best. I mean, it was, it, it, it could have been, it could have been a game over moment if they did something like that with Jurassic Park because that game shipped with much, much better code than Stranger Things. The next thing I'm hearing in the rumor mill. Well, here's, here's what I want to do. I want to tell you the rumors I'm hearing on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. All right. So take this for what it's worth. Here is what I'm hearing the rumors are on this game. Now, look, I've told you before, no one wants to listen to me from everyone I've known that has seen Stranger Things, that has played Stranger Things with the projector on, that has seen the next two titles from Stern Pinball, everyone unanimously has told me, Chris, Ninja Turtles blows Stranger Things away. Like, like just wait do you see it. Like, compared to Stranger Things, it is the far, far superior title. Now, nobody wants to listen to Kaneda when he gives you this advice. Distributors don't want you to hear that. Distributors want you to buy every single Stranger Things they can sell you right now. 
So when you listen to a distributor talk about Stranger Things, they want you to think it's the best. When you listen to Stern talk about Stranger Things, they want you to believe it's the most innovative pinball machine of all time, even though we know it's not, yet they want to say that. They need to sell them. You know, Stranger Things to me is going to be a lot like Star Wars. It's going to be this humongous property that they paid a lot of money for, and the pin itself is just average. And and it's 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 fun. It's yeah, this whole thing. Pinball is fun. Yeah, sure, it's fun, but it's not a great. It's not going to go down being a great game. It's not okay. And so I keep hearing Ninja Turtles is just going to be the one that just wows us. And and here's why I think that's going to be the case because. I don't know about you, but do you think Brian Eddy is like the biggest Stranger Things fanatic when you look at this game? Does it look like he packed in everything that inspired him from the show? Because to me, passion and creativity, they, they go hand in hand. Like if you really love a property, you're going to go overboard in, in bringing that property to life in the pinball machine. Same way with Steve Ritchie in Star Wars. Like I don't look at that Star Wars pin and I don't feel like Steve Ritchie just loves Star Wars so much and was so creatively inspired by those films when I look at the mechanisms in that game. And then I look at Stranger Things and I get the same vibe. Like Brian Eddy is not like he didn't bring the world to Hawkins to life. I feel like, you know, he, he used somewhat of his typical layout. Even it does not shoot like Attack from Mars, people. It does. And you have to play the game. But then when I look at you know, the, the toy he put in it, and I look at what's in that game, I don't walk away being like, oh man, Brian Eddy is like the biggest Stranger Things fan, and he totally nailed it and gave Stranger Things fans everything they would have wanted in a pinball game, right? I mean, when you look at Big Lebowski, don't you see the passion that Barry and Yop had for that film, right? It's their favorite movie, and that's why that game looks that way, because it's like they put everything they wanted into it and it was based on something they loved so i'm hearing that ninja turtles is like a passion project for a few people involved in this game one of them is named john borg and he's the designer and so i'm hearing that this game from a design standpoint is gonna just like be like wow like i can't believe stern put all this into the game i'm hearing the game I, i'm trying to figure out how to describe this the game is supposed to have multiple layers of of ramps and of, of rails so multiple layers within the game in which the ball can travel so it, it's i think you might see stuff above and below the play field now it would make sense if you're talking ninja turtles to have some sort of like sewer system and the ball goes through the sewers to get to different parts of the city and, and to battle the foot clan and shredder right so i think we're going to see that something else i'm hearing is in this game that is very cool that we have not seen in a stern pinball machine in a really long time if ever we haven't seen in a pinball machine in a really long time there is going to be in ninja turtles a diverter a physical diverter that works just like the one in in the shadow where you can actually change the direction of the ball and which direction you want the ball to go so that's really cool like you get to control the ninja turtles journey and decide which way you want the ball to go around the, the game so super cool feature there. Um, I'm also hearing that this game has probably the greatest art package of all time by Mr. Zombie Yeti. And that he is just a humongous fan of Ninja Turtles and he put everything into this game. So when you talk about how does a game look, 
And this is probably why people who walked by Ninja Turtles and walked by Stranger Things, which Stranger Things I have, I think has one of the most uninspired and boring art packages in 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 recent memory from Stern. I think next to it, Stranger Things is just going to embarrass it, like embarrass it from an artistic standpoint. And and, and go go put just put Deadpool next to Stranger Things. Put Ghostbusters next to Stranger Things. I mean, Zombie Yeti is incredible. His artwork is perfect for pinball. It pops. It's colorful. It's bright. And apply that to Ninja Turtles, it's going to be freaking phenomenal. And so what I also heard is going to be exciting is his art packages on this game. Uh, It's not just going to be the same art on each side. So you're going to get a different Ninja Turtles scene going on each side of the game. I heard one side, I think, is like, Maybe the Foot Clan or, or the Turtles. The other side is like the, is it the Terradome? What's that big, I think it's the Terradome. I don't know. Is it is it that? What's the big circular bad guy shredder hangout place? I, I don't know. That's going to be on the other side. Uh, and you're just going to get the most vibrant, colorful, uh, in, you know, Zombie Eddie artwork on the play field. And so I'm also hearing that this, this game is based on the 1980s version of the Ninja Turtles but reimagined in more high-definition, sort of modern art style. So I think the greatest sort of example of that is the Raw Thrills Ninja Turtle arcade game that we saw in arcades recently. Uh, But they also are going to have call-outs from the original people who did the voices from back in the 80s. Can't imagine those guys have had too much work, though. You know, they're not that expensive. But this is music to your ears, if you're a Ninja Turtle fanboy, you're going to get probably the most colorful, vibrant, beautiful Stern machine ever. You're going to get John Borg going over the top. I also heard that they didn't yank out a lot of the things that Borg wanted into this game. So all of Borg's bitching around what they removed in Munsters, I think they let John Borg go here and get more in. And I think it's a smart move because when you look at Munsters, and, and those sales are not where they should have been. If I'm Borg, I'm like, well, Gary, like, what the F do you expect? Like, you yanked out so much stuff that made this game uh, more fun and more dynamic. And I think they're letting him put it all into Ninja Turtles. So that's awesome news. It, it just feels like everyone who sees this game comes out of that experience being like, just wait. Just wait till you see this thing that is going to come out from Stern Pinball. And that's why I say, like, Stern is just... It just, it's nonstop, man. These guys, they just keep clobbering everybody. You know, other manufacturers, they have one game a year, one game every two years, and they need to, they, and, and even those games don't come out perfect. And Stern is just like, okay, you don't like Stranger Things? Let me hit you with my uppercut Ninja Turtle. And then, and then after that, you know, they've done a great job. I'll, I'll say this. Stern has done a great job keeping what's after Ninja Turtles secret. You know, I don't think anyone really cares about Led Zeppelin as a Quicksilver reskin. That probably will happen, and most people probably won't care. Um, a, another Beatles kind of game. But Ninja Turtles, awesome. But what's next, we don't know. So, But uh, trust me, I, I will find out. Zach Sharp, I will find out what is after. You can't, you can't stop the rumors from coming to Canada. All right, so let's go on to the Twippy Awards. And... And it's voting season, and starting Jan 1, everyone finds out uh, who the Twippy nominees are and who is eligible to win that little plastic trophy that celebrates and honors pinball's greatest 
I, I love the, the logo this year for it. It looks really awesome. I think Christopher Franchi did it. I hope I got that right. Um, and so it's the 2019 Annual Twippy Awards. Uh, and so let's let's just talk a little bit about this because I know that this this was funny yesterday. So it was is New Year's Day. I, I don't know about most of you, but most people went out New Year's Eve. They had fun. They enjoyed their lives. They wake up the next day with a hangover, and they wake up to voting beginning on New Year's Day for the Twippies. Uh, and so it was fun to see everyone who was nominated share their links and their posts and and their there's sort of their sentiment on, on how they feel honored to be nominated and then asking for votes. Because, you know, asking for votes for this thing has always become somewhat of a controversial move in the pinball world, especially within the amongst the pinball podcasters. There's like this, you know, this frowning upon asking your listeners to vote for you for a Twippy Award. And this show's been the opposite. I've always, from the very beginning, I've always believed that we work, and I say we, uh, but I work really hard to put a lot of shows together. And I think over the last year, we've given you over 200 additional episodes since our last Twippy win. So we're very active, or I'm very active in in terms of getting you shows on a weekly basis uh, getting as many good interviews out there, getting as many news and rumors and speculative things out into the open. And here is why I, I, I would love for you to vote for Canada's Pinball Podcast, because part of it is just the validation of this show. And I've always said it from the very beginning. This podcast has had a target on its back from from those in the industry, from those who run Pinside from other personalities out there who think that we shouldn't exist, that this voice, that this voice should not be part of the pinball community, that the things we talk about, the things we speculate on, the things we bring up, the things we go after, the the way we aren't always sugarcoating everything, some people out there, they think it's bad for the hobby. And I've always said from the very beginning, I'm just trying to capture what I think is an underserviced feeling in this hobby that not every game is great that not every manufacturer is terrific that not every pinball move is is a good one but we're but we're also very balanced where we love pinball and we want to see the greatest worlds in our glasses appear in these games that we want manufacturers to give us as much as they can for the money they're charging but we won't hold back in our excitement and our enthusiasm and we also won't hold back in moments of disappointment and moments in which we're underwhelmed. I mean, I think we saw it all with my reaction to Willy Wonka. I loved the game so much when I first played it, and I was told it would be a certain way when it was coded, and it wasn't. And so, yeah, I changed my tune on a game. And who out there in life doesn't sometimes change how they feel about something? It doesn't make you a hypocrite. It just makes you human, right? I mean, I saw Star Wars Rise of Skywalker again, and I loved it the first time. But the more I analyze the story and think about it, the more I realize it, it, even though I was entertained, it does make no sense when you think about that story. And then I'm sort of like, eh, I'm just kind of glad now all of them are done with these new movies. And so that's, you know, that's what I've always wanted to do on this show is just talk to you candidly about my opinions on pinball and give you information as I get it. Sometimes I'm right, sometimes I'm wrong, but I won't hold back. And I won't shill any manufacturer, 
and I won't just try to convince you that everything is great in the land of pinball. Most of what we say is positive. And, and that's the thing, too, is like I always tell this to people. If you think Canada's Pinball Podcast is this like negative repository of, of pinball ranting and raving, you're wrong. People wouldn't listen. I wouldn't listen to a show like that. There is true enthusiasm for pinball. And I do think someone like me is a great ambassador for this sport and for this hobby and for this community. And, 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 and by that, I mean, I think we're, we're well-rounded. I think we're, we give a balanced opinion about this hobby. And I think that's good. I think it's good. And I know you wouldn't want it any other way. I know you enjoy it. I know you enjoy this show. Uh, I know you enjoy how much we give you. I mean, th- I didn't have to wake up this morning and do a podcast. I just did one like a few days ago or a day ago. But I had something I wanted to tell you. I've got these rumors. So I wanted to give it to you in real time. So a vote for Canada's Pinball Podcast uh, means a lot to me. It means a lot to Brenda. It means a lot to Bubba. Uh, he wants to have three trophies in front of him. So I really do thank each and every one of you who takes the time to vote for Canada's Pinball Podcast. And I hope we win. I hope we win. I think we had another great year. And I think that uh, you know winning a Twippy is, is, is nice reward for all the work that I put into this show. And it means a lot to me. And I hope you know that from the bottom of my heart. It just, it really means a lot uh, for each and every one of you who places Canada's Pinball Podcast as your favorite pinball podcast in the Twippies. All right, but we're not gonna turn every show into like Twippy voting solicitation. Uh, but I wanna talk a little bit about the Twippy ballot. I wanna tell you some of the things I voted for, not everything. Some of this stuff, you know, it's a little personal. I know a bunch of people in different categories and I don't want it on the air like personally offend anyone. Uh, so, let, but when it comes to the games, let's go down and let's talk about the best theme. So, something that I just thought was ridiculous in this year's Twippies was that the Star Wars Home Edition it ends up in all these categories, yet Stranger Things does not. So, I thought that was a humongous mistake because think about it like this. We're voting on the 2019 greatest in pinball. Okay, what year did Stranger Things pinball get revealed? What year did Stranger Things pinball uh, get shipped? What year did I play Stranger Things pinball? 2019. And I'm sorry, but when it comes to like the Academy Awards, you know, films that come out before the year end, they're eligible for the Academy Awards. And so Stern shipping Stranger Things when they did it should have been part of the Twippy voting. It should have been. And and I don't care what, it, what, what the committee's decision was to omit it from there. To me, it makes no sense. And I'll tell you why, too. One of the issues I always have is when you have an award show in March and voting is in January, you, you, and, and there's a lot of games that come out sometimes between then and then. So by the time you're at the award show, you're talking about games that have felt like they've been out forever. And, 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 and then Stranger Things, think about it. Now Stranger Things only becomes part of the 2020 voting. And by then, it's an eternity. It has no chance in remaining relevant or top of mind by then. And I think it should have been in. And that's just my point. And I would have yanked out the Star Wars Home Edition. Are you kidding me, guys? This committee sat down and said, the Star Wars Home Edition is, is, is in the voting for things? Nobody bought that. Nobody did Stern even make one? And it's not fair that Star Wars gets to be put back in as best theme of 2019 because it was already in best theme of 2018. 
the Star Wars theme didn't change. I mean, so if Stern just does like a vault, does it become eligible again? And that's all this is. All right. But anyway, I bitch about that, but we all know it's not winning. So the best theme uh, I put as Willy Wonka. I, I still think that's the best pinball theme of the year. The best animations and display in a game. All right. I'm not going to read all the options. I'm going to tell you who I voted for. I think the best animations and display goes to... What did I put again? I'm trying to think. Uh, I gave it to Jurassic Park. I really think Jurassic Park, that animations and the displays looked incredible. And and it's just, you know, it's just, when I look at Stern and their animations, they keep getting better and better and Jurassic Park is just phenomenal. The best light show in a game. Lights blinking. I love that this is a category. Um, I do think the best light show in a game because it has full color LED RGBs and it has unique inserts and whatnot is Willy Wonka. So Willy Wonka got my vote for best light show. Best toys and gimmicks in a game. Oh man, I love, you know me, I love me some toys. Um, I gave this as well to Jurassic Park because I think the Jurassic Park T-Rex is the best toy that came out in pinball in 2019. The best theme integration goes to Willy Wonka. No, I'm joking. The best theme integration in a pinball machine. Uh, this one is, you know, really gets a little bit harder to think about. Well, how well do they integrate the theme? You know, does it have clips? Does it have this? Does it have that? Does it have bum bum bum? Um, you know, it's weird that like Black Knight sort of rages there because who's to say? It's like when you're an original IP. Uh, I, I don't know how you miss or, or hit a home run on, on theme integration. Uh, so I also gave the best theme integration here to Jurassic Park. And even though it doesn't have any clips from the movie, I just feel so much like I'm in the Jurassic Park world when I play that game. Oh, man. I mean, I, I feel like Jurassic Park is going to be getting up on stage a lot during this year's uh, Twippies. All right. Best music and sound effects. So I gave this to do do do. I'm trying to I'm trying to remember because I already voted. Um, I believe I gave this to uh, Elvira House of Horrors. If you haven't played it, I recommend playing one because the sound effects in that game are terrific. I don't think that one's gonna win because I don't think as many people have that game. I think Jurassic Park's probably gonna win that. Best callouts. I also gave to Elvira. You know, now that I think about it, I think I gave best music and sound effects uh, to, I think I also gave that to Jurassic Park. Uh, best callouts I gave to Elvira because I love her callouts in that game. The best rules in a game I also gave to Jurassic Park. Oh man, am I looking like a one trick Jurassic Park pony? The best play field gameplay and layout I also gave to Jurassic Park. The best artwork in a game I gave to the Munsters, and the game of the year I gave to Jurassic Park. So I don't know how many Jurassic Parks that was, but you know, you know what's gonna be interesting is when the show happens and Jurassic Park wins all of these. Uh, Keith Elwin and company are gonna be going up time and time again. So you know, I, is that gonna be boring? I'm just curious, like, is it going to be boring to see the same thing win so many? I don't think so. You know, I really do think it's it's just testament 
to how good this game is. I'll also say this. When you look at the games from 2020, sorry, 2019, there there really wasn't much. There, there really wasn't that much competition for Jurassic Park. I mean, the closest game to it would be Willy Wonka. But again, that game just doesn't have as many people who own it. That game was more polarizing than Jurassic Park. I mean, Jurassic Park is just a game that shoots amazingly well. It's based on a theme people love. It's designed by a guy people absolutely adore. And it's like it's like one of the freshest and most fun stern pinball machines of all time. It was gonna clean house. Now, I think it's also indicative of of like this really we can't get more games at that level out. In an entire year, I was thinking about this. It feels like sometimes we're always like, we're so oversaturated. There's so many games. There's, you know, pinball doesn't need all these titles. Pinball's the market's going to collapse. And then you actually see the list of games available. And you're like, oh, like that, that was it. Like, wow, there really wasn't that many great games in 2019. Man, you know, it's like, it's like sometimes we forget that, in, you know, not, not as much has happened in a year that we actually think. All right. What else is going on that in the Twippies that I want to talk about? Now, I don't want to talk about, like, you know, these drop-down ones. To me, the drop-down stuff. See, with, with Jurassic Park, I think, cleaning house on page one of the Twippies, the, the drop-down awards are actually becoming the most interesting ones to follow because that's where most of, like, the battleground is taking place is streamers and podcasters and this and that and YouTube channel and pinball mod. To me, this is like, this is where like you're on the edge of your seat at the Twippies to figure out who wins it. And it's also the reason why I think, you know, last year they kept favorite pinball podcast to the end. Like it's one of the, it's, it's one of the categories that I think is, is the most like supercharged in terms of like anxiety and tension and controversy, right? It's like, who's going to get it? Who's going to get it? You know, can they give it to someone who also sponsors the show, who hosts the show, who's in four categories? Can that person also win? Of course, of course, Zach can win one. Um, and I think he's going to win a few. He's up for four. Zach Many is up for four Twippies. I mean, come on. You're sponsoring, you're hosting, and you're in four categories. Jeff's got to do something. You can't, you know, there is just a perception of you can't. Come on. Like, the committee needs to step in like, Really, and you know, the one that is really like the biggest really is the rookie of the year category. So this to me, out of all of the categories, is the biggest head scratcher because they they haven't defined what they mean by rookie of the year. And because of that, and you when you do the drop down in this category, it just looks like it's all over the place on what you need to do to be eligible for rookie of the year, right? So what does it mean? Because some of the people are like, first thing they've done in pinball, maybe it's an artist and it's his first game. Then it's maybe someone's got a new pinball podcast that that year. So you have, I think it's uh, Poor Man's Pinball Podcast. Is that, yeah, no, Loser Kid Pinball Podcast. So they're, they're, they're now eligible to win twice because they're Rookie of the Year. And then you have Zach and Nicole Many for distrib- distributors as flipping out. And then Zach is the, like the last person in the pinball world that's a rookie is Zach. So then it, the definition becomes, well, maybe it's the first year you've done something new in pinball. Even if you're not new, it's the first year you've done something new in pinball. So under that definition, it gets really foggy, right? So then 
I don't know, does does designer who's been around forever get to be rookie of the year if he tried something new in pinball? I mean, it's just so, you know, and then and then you got like people making homebrew games and you've got even though they, you know, Jack Danger's been around a long time. You've got, uh, I don't know, this whole category to me, I don't like it. And, and I'm going to explain why I don't like it. I think they need to better define what a rookie of the year is. And I think it should be simple. I think rookie of the year should only go to people who work for manufacturers. It needs to be someone who's new at a manufacturer who did something new that touched a pinball machine, whether you're a new coder. And this is why my vote for rookie of the year, I'm going to tell you who I did. I voted for Tim Sexton. I gave Tim Sexton my vote because I think Tim Sexton is probably, you know, only him and let's see the let's see Randy Martinez who did the comic book art for Star Wars and Johnny Crap who did the art package for Jurassic Park. To me those three guys are the only rookies who touch something in a pinball aspect. And I think that is how this category needs to be. Now I gave it to Tim Sexton for coding Black Knight because out of the gate I I think as a rookie and this being his first coding attempt, I think he did a great job with that game. And and I and I think it's kind of unfortunate that he's up with you know in this category of ridiculousness when it should just be people in the industry. I mean, you want to see like Scott Denisi get Rookie of the Year. You want to see Eric, you know, uh, who did Pirates of the Caribbean get Rookie of the Year. You want to see new people, new talent get Rookie of the Year. You know, the guy who coded Deadpool, whatever. You know, whatever it is. I just want it to be people who who touch a game or are on the manufacturing level of pinball. All right. All right. That's my feeling on Rookie of the Year. I think it's it's a pretty silly category. Here's the thing, too, and they didn't make this crystal clear. You don't have to vote for every category to place your vote. So if you just want to go in and vote for Canada's Pinball Podcast, you can. I do hope you vote for as many categories as you you have knowledge of because some of them just get really weird to me, like favorite competitive pinball player. Like, what? Like, why is this a category? Because here's why, again, this is where the Twippies just sort of has a little bit of a of an identity crisis between are we celebrating the greatest? Like, think about the tagline, the greatest in pinball, or is it the most popular? Now, it, the reality is it's the most popular, right? Because if you were going to celebrate the greatest competitive pinball player and that person should get a Twippy, then shouldn't that just go to the person who's number one ranked pinball player in the world by January 30th receives an honorary Twippy for being the greatest pinball player, right? Doesn't that seem like that's how you honor the greatest? No, we're honoring the most popular. So just say that then. This is the most popular competitive pinball player, all right? Favorite pinball website. That one's always, you know, between Pinside and and This Week in Pinball. Favorite homebrew machine. Favorite mod. So they removed the mod. So we were we were able, and I I want to tell you guys, first of all, I have the best fans in the world. You guys are awesome. We did something that was incredible. We got we got the Elvira couch to be included in the drop-down menu for best pinball mod of 2019. And it was on there. It was on there yesterday. And I put on Facebook, this is the second most important vote you can make. And guess what happened? They removed it. Jeff told me it doesn't. It's not really a mod, Canada, and it's not. That's not how Jeff talks to me, by the way. 
but he said it's not really a mod and it's taking away from people who worked hard on mods. Of course it is. Of course it is. It was a troll thing to say. Um, I just love it that we trolled our way into a category and then they removed it. They removed it. But man, wasn't it also trolling some of the people who were saying they should be rookie of the year? All right. So you can no longer vote for Elvira's couch as favorite mod of the year. And then there's just things where favorite pinball publication, writer, or article. Now, pin game journal, coin up. I've never heard of like any of these things. I think Dennis Creasel is just going to run away with this because people just know who he is. The rest of them, it's like, I don't even know, like what, where, you know, favorite pinball location. Some of these are just, you know, they're, they're strange to me because this is where you get purely localized popularity contest because think about it like this here's the way i look at it favorite pinball podcast here's a great thing about everyone nominated in that category is that everyone has access to those podcasts everybody no matter where you are you have access to listening to every single pinball podcast and i'm going to read you the list canada's pinball podcast special when lit poor man's pinball podcast pinball profile the Super Awesome Pinball Podcast, um, Head to Head, Slam Tilt, Bro Do You Even Talk Pinball, Loser Kid, This Week in Pinball Podcast, and Backbox Pinball Podcast. Okay, so all 10 of those shows are free. You can listen to them whenever you want, and everyone has access. When it comes to like favorite pinball location, favorite pinball tournament, favorite pinball league, it's like we're getting into the granular, like tiny little things that like most people don't have access to. So I don't, I don't, so that's, that's the issue I have is like, I don't know, like you've got, people are working really, really hard to win some of these things and, 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 and people, people's opinions about some of this stuff. I, I don't know if people can even have an opinion about a lot of it because they just, I, I haven't been to like these places in Texas or Seattle and, and then there's nothing from New York. And my favorite pinball places are in New York. And so, I don't know. But but look, Jeff made it fair. I have to say this. Jeff made it fair. Everyone had equal opportunity to write in their selections. So I, I really, you know, that's that's just how it works. That's just how it works. And I think, you know, as I was looking at this, there was one pinball podcast that I did not see on this list. And, and I was just like, that's so crazy to me that this show is not listed as favorite pinball podcast, and that is the Slap Save Pinball Podcast, which I think is one of the best pinball podcasts out there, and they're not nominated? I mean, Super Awesome Pinball Show did a total of two shows, two shows, and they're on this list. And Slap Save has given us, what, some like 50 plus shows of the Slap Save Pinball Podcast? They just did one of the best interviews with Scott Denisi, and they're not on this list. Now look, it's not the committee's fault. You have to ask for votes. They have an audience. I love their show. The votes get divided quickly. And so that's why, you. I mean, if this is the way in which we're going to do it, this is how we do it. And, and I know Jeff always had like, some uh, you know hesitation with doing it this way because he did not want people to get discouraged and stop podcasting. So you know, I mean, I think Slap Save is. I mean, to me, they're in, they're in the top they're in the top five for me easily, 
easily as best pinball podcast. Easily. I mean, I love what Jason does with the show. I, I, I think it's awesome. I, I think it's such a great show. And I got to be honest, I mean, there's some of the ones on here like I, I, I never even listened to. I've never hear people talk about. Uh, but I do hear Slap Save coming up quite frequently uh, when we talk about best of the best in the pinball podcasting world. So Slap Save, you get a Canada Kudo, man, for being in the top five. I, I, easily, easily in my book. All right. Let's, so let's put the Twippies to bed. You guys, you know what I want you to do. I want you to vote. Let's talk about the Canada Challenge, the Stern Pinball. So here's my challenge. I'm going to challenge Stern Pinball to do something they should have done already. I'm going to challenge Stern Pinball and Zach Sharp to stream Stranger Things Premium or LE version of the game by next week. So if they can stream it by next Thursday, which is plenty of time, we know they have the game at Stern Pinball, we know people have played it at Stern Pinball, we know that we, we, they've shown us a video of them playing it at Stern Pinball. So I want to challenge Stern Pinball to do the right thing and actually show their customers what this version of the game looks like with a real stream of it. Because I think that is the right thing to do because they are asking people to give them their hard-earned money to buy a game that they have heavily promoted they have heavily marketed it. They have gone out to the media. They've screamed from the rooftops how amazing the projector is. So I just want to challenge Stern Pinball to show us what they're selling us. It's like a weird challenge. It's like this, this challenge should not even exist. And if they do it by next Thursday, Canada will cut an additional check for $100. $100 in Zach Sharp's name to Project Pinball. Just, just 100 bucks. Another hundred dollars. Let's add to the cause in Zach Sharp's name to to uh, Project Pinball. So and, and and look, this is this. I shouldn't even have to do this, right? I shouldn't even have to challenge Stern Pinball to stream a game that they're taking money on, and they won't show you the feature. So let's just make it a, a, a win-win for everybody. If they do it by next Thursday, all the all the customers win because they get to see what this thing's about. They don't just have to hear Iceman proclaim that it's going to be epic and he's never seen it, right? They actually can see it for themselves. And I think when, with the, the amount of people that are going in on LEs, they deserve to just see the game they're going to buy. You know, it's not that hard. We, they, for some reason, they can stream every single game. They've got it there. So just stream it. And Canada will write a check on Zach Sharp's behalf to Project Pinball. And the kids will get something. The consumers will get something. And pinball enthusiasts will also get to see uh, if this is where you know they want to put their money. And I think it's I think it's a simple challenge. All right. So let's see if Zach Sharp and Stern Pinball will answer the Canada Pinball Challenge to stream a game that they are already selling to us for two weeks now uh, without being able to see what the major feature is in the game. All right. So everybody, have a happy beginning to your 2020. Thank you once again for tuning in to Canada's Pinball Podcast. If you quote my rumors about what's been going on, just please say, you know, you, you heard this from K-Man or Canada. It's always nice to just attribute where you get some of this news from. Um, we'll be back with many more shows and more interviews. Uh, you know, I, I've been loving, I've been loving hearing Scott Denisi talk on other shows and I, I definitely want to get Scott and Chuck on. I need to get a new computer because my software is messed up on my Skype recorder. But here's the thing too. If for those of you who are in on Rick and Morty, 
I don't know about you. I'm in on it. I don't want to hear anything more about the game. I don't even want to see them stream the game. I'll explain why. I want to be surprised. I want to turn the game on and hear all those Rick callouts. I don't want to like hear Scott tell me what they are. I don't want to like hear people stream what they are. We've lost the element of of wanting to just experience these kinds of toys by ourselves. Now, does does that seem hypocritical that I'm asking Stern to show you the projector, but then you want to be no? This is different. This isn't a call out. We need to see if this this technology just works. I'd need to just make sure it works. I, they don't have to spoil anything. They just need to show us it works. All right, because you should not have to be a guinea pig. You turn it on in your house and some washed out display is in front of you and you just dropped nine grand. But when it comes to Rick and Morty, I don't want to know all the humor beforehand. I want to turn it on and I want to I want to experience that for the first time. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pay attention to, n- to none of the Rick and Morty streams. I don't want to look at any of the streams. I don't want to look at any more videos from Spooky. I am not going to follow any of it until the game is in my apartment and I unbox it. Now, the good news for Canada is my number's not that high, so I'm going to get a game uh, somewhat soon, sooner than later. Well, let's just say that. So this will be the game that goes into Canada's bedroom. I'm not selling it. I'm not flipping my spot as much as Hilton would love for me. To, to remain the bad guy. He can't, he can't, he can't just say, you know what? Bury the hatchet, buddy. You know you're you know you love every single episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast you listen to. I, I bet he listens to it five times over and over again. He's like, oh man, there he goes again, just doing the right thing. Oh, it makes me so mad. Let me let me just get into my Subaru and go get a burger. Anyway, everybody, have a great day and we'll talk to you soon. Oh my God.